Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Why it matters. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. I'm Elliot Danker. Time now to talk about how AI is taking over the world. But while the existence of some AI platforms, you know, the likes of ChatGPT, they might have had benefit to some organizations. What if an organization could build their own AI solution? Well, Google Cloud, along with the Ministry of Communications and Information, Digital Industries Singapore, Smart Nation Group and Enterprise Singapore have recently launched a series of joint initiatives and updates aimed at advancing Singapore's second national AI strategy. We're going to find out more about this. On the line with me is Caroline Yep, Managing Director, Global AI Business and Applied Engineering, Google Cloud. Caroline, how are you? I am very well. And what about yourself? Not too bad. Always excited when we get to talk about AI and its implications, but I'll keep my Terminator references to myself. <laughs> Um, I want to start off, I guess, talking about the collaboration with the Singapore government. What's the overview here? What's the picture here? It's one of my most favorite public sector partnerships, believe it or not. You know, um, recently, Kent Walker, who's, you know, our um, president of of government and public policy, as well as myself, we've published different blog posts around how in order for nations including the private sector in nations, to really benefit from this AI movement, you need to have really good public and private partnerships right. to, to be able to achieve that. And one of the papers I wrote was really around how you know, everybody's talking about Ben AI, right? Mm-hmm. And all these big, you know, large language models and things like that. And how we're saying that it can't just be all about global models. It also has to have local models. And why I'm so excited about this partnership with Singapore is exactly for that. You know, it's making and bringing a lot of these innovations and applying that realness to it where citizens can actually really benefit, not just as citizens and consuming, you know, citizen services, but also as employees or employers or students who are actually trying to learn more about AI and how AI can help them with their daily lives as well as in their careers and in their jobs as as they grow up. You know, Singapore has been on this track of positioning itself as a hub, you know, for example, a smart nation hub or a sustainability hub for that matter. Your thoughts on Singapore as a global AI hub in view of the kind of collaborations that could potentially happen? So we have made sure that the initiatives with Singapore government are very much, you know, highly programmatic and intentional, not just to drive the awareness and the adoption of Gen AI, but like I mentioned earlier about the uplifting of people and businesses and their skills, but also to be able to transform the economy, right? And so exposing the best of breed technology, but also grounded in the things, you know, without grounded in not being able to, not for the compromise of data, integrity, security, and privacy. So it's still making sure that, you know, there's personal benefit, societal benefit, and at the same time, business benefit. And like, you know, to tie it back to what you were saying, you know, how are we seeing is Singapore, you know, one of the places that's capable of being at the forefront of that tech? Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I love that, you know, like even for what Minister Chiu said, it's not enough to just have governance of, you know, things like AI and data. You also need to be able to have people who can actually help with that. And we talk about that human in the loop, mm-hmm. you know, the reinforcement learning with human feedback is a more scientific term. But again, it ties back to the whole thing with realness, right? Applicability, mm-hmm. as well as making sure that use cases that are also being surfaced for all these different initiatives, whether it's through government or industry, 
have real relevance in delivering true value, you know, based on the different personas that we're trying to solve these problems for. I want to circle back to comments about people and societal benefit. Any chance, Caroline, you could share with us how you see this benefiting the average Singaporean, say a kid who's in school right now, and how, well, AI is going to take over quite the landscape when they eventually go out into the working force. I love that question. And here's why. One of the trailblazers' uh, women was Nanyang Polytechnic. And what was really nice about what they did is there's a great example his students actually was part of the team that, and they built this solution, which was to solve two things. One, making learning paths easier for the youth who also want to learn about AI, and also then making it where educators who wanted to teach about AI could develop these courses in a more efficient way. When I say efficient, I also mean time-saving, but also for educators to learn about these new technologies where they're then also comfortable to be able to teach about these technology advancements. Well, from one of the stats that I'm aware of, we went from two months for course development to a matter of weeks, for example. But this also would benefit people who are in mid-career. So as you can imagine, with all of these things with large language models, things like BARD, you can now use that in your daily lives, even in your jobs. So regardless of whether you are in a technical or non-technical role, learning basics of safe using, you know, safe usage of these AI tools can really change your day-to-day from doing rote work, rote memorization, or trying to analyze mountains and mountains of documents that can be done simply by asking a question saying, look at this data set. Can you tell me, you know, what was the pattern of rainfall in Singapore in this part of the island, for example? Mm. And someone who's in research doesn't need to comb through, you know, pages and pages of documents anymore. They can actually just feed these documents into a system and be able to ask questions of it and it will be able to provide an answer with attribution. Right? That's the thing about us and our platform. We are very focused on the responsible AI aspects of it and the explainability of it. So we want to make sure that if you're using something like Vertex Search, you can actually see where the answers are coming from and the attribution back to it. Mm. It's grounded in the truth that you've provided versus just a large model that may not have any context as to why you're using it or the questions that you're asking. I'm really glad you brought up the AI Trailblazers initiative launched back in July last year. So it's been six months now and we've seen 43 organizations in Singapore benefited from this initiative. Uh, Caroline, I guess your thoughts, and you know, especially on the back of what you were talking about and how it helps overcome certain barriers is it too early to talk about how this initiative can be expanded? So we actually announced that we were going to launch AI Trailblazers 2.0, where we're going to be able to support up to 150 government and industry use cases that are going to be brought in. So up to 150, and we're expecting that we're going to have a torrent of the applications as soon as it opens. You know, these initiatives, and especially like the case study that you mentioned early on, it really helps to focus on helping organizations build their own AI solution. How do you respond when someone says, oh, why don't you just take a chat GPT? Well, we have Gemini. So Gemini is our family of models. But I also add, Vertex AI being our platform on the Google Cloud side supports all different types of models. We support over 100 models, including ChatGPT. Mm-hmm. And we also know that, you know, both government and industry have choice. And so for us, our platform is built from the ground up with 
trust, security, privacy, and allows the explainability tools that I mentioned. So you can actually see the attribution of where some of these responses are being made. But the key thing is, you know, because of the support of all of these different models and meeting customers where they are, we also want to ensure that they also have access to our first-party models. And so our original family of models were the Palm and Palm 2, and now um, most recently we announced the Gemini family of models. And why that's important is that it actually supports you know, all four image, video, text, and as well as code in one. So it's a multimodal model. What a mouthful, right? Yeah. Multimodal model. Wow. And um, that's important. Yeah. That's important. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll explain why. So if we were to use some of the examples like mm-hmm. from some of the Trailblazers winners, and, you know, one of the ones we actually saw was from the People's Association. And I like this one because it's very real to Singaporeans. Okay. And, you know, it was about booking badminton calls. Mm. So you could actually go to a site where there's potentially a, a chatbot, and in their case was completely built on Vertex, where they were using two parts of Vertex, Vertex Conversations and Vertex Search, and somebody could go in there and say, I live here, you know, what are the closest badminton courts to me? And they would highlight, here are the ones, and these are available at these times. Now, you could go in there and you could book it. If you were using Gemini as a model for it, let's say you're now, you've booked your badminton court, so you've booked your badminton court and you're going there and you're playing, you could actually say, hey, I'm here, but there's a problem with the court. And okay, you'll say what it is. And so you can actually upload a picture. Mm. And from the picture that you've uploaded, it would actually be able to deduce, oh, thank you for sending me a picture. It looks like the lines need to be repainted. Are there any other things wrong with this badminton court? Mm. So one model can now decipher not just the text that you're sending that you have a problem. Mm -hmm. It's not asking you to type it in. You're able to upload a picture that then is able to say, oh, yeah, this is what I'm picking from the picture. Is this accurate? Would you like me to send someone out? That, to mm. me, is where the power of these multimodal models are. Mm. I like the way you describe that. And especially, you know, it's so important that it's multi because even beyond that, there are other initiatives that you guys are involved in. For example, Google Cloud Startup Accelerator with Enterprise SG. This is a first of its kind, isn't it? Yes, it is. In this country, absolutely is. And tell us a little bit about who is eligible for such a program. Any of the startups who actually have they're trying to develop not just new uh, AI solutions, but we're also wanting to look for what we call the AI unicorns, uh-huh. you know, to allow IP creation in the country. You know, for example, over 70% of all AI unicorns are using GCP, Google Cloud, mm-hmm. as part of their, as part of how they're building new, new products and services. So we want to encourage the growth of, you know, Singapore's own Anthropics or Coheres or Hugging Face or Meek Journey. Right. To, you know, so for Singapore to be able to create that kind of AI ecosystem. Right. And, you know, when we talk about these initiatives, it really comes back to the start and how Singapore has its sights on becoming a global leader in AI technologies. Uh, Caroline, your thoughts on or maybe even advice to organizations who are looking to adopt AI and, and not just adopt, you know, adopt it fast. So my on our global AI uh, business side, uh, there are three leaders, including myself. Over the last year, we've spoken to over a thousand organizations, and that was less than nine months actually mm. met with those. And that's everyone from the C-suite all the way through to, you know, boards of directors, and then the people who also have to go out and deliver a lot of these innovations, right? Okay. Not, not just from like a generative AI perspective, but also in general between analytics, automation, machine learning, you know, how should they all approach all of these things? And we broke things down into three really simple ways that they should really think about this, which is, are you looking at AI for growth? 
Are you looking at AI for efficiencies or are you looking at AI for the future? And it is perfectly fine if you have a use case that touches all three. Mm -hmm. But if we were to use an example of getting started with something around the efficiencies mark, if you can get rid of, say, 20 to 25 percent of the drudgery work, you know, earlier I mentioned about the research of having to go through, you know, thousands and thousands of papers to understand if the average rainfall in a particular area was going to be good or bad for the environment, right? For an instance like that, that's really going to make someone a lot more productive. And so one of the examples we have is, you know, like, for example, with banks, Mm -hmm. they're able to use Gen AI to analyze not just customer data, but they can also assess risk and they can offer tailored suggestions to help with, say, loan underwriting. We've had quite a few of our customers, you know, doing that already. One of my favorite ones also, which, by the way, was a surprising industry, so quick to look at adopting Gen AI, was actually the construction industry. Ah. You know, the, yeah, especially um, with, think about, you know, that kind of applicability here in Singapore, right? You know, there's so much that uh, the different housing authorities here have to do. And so a construction company can now really look at two aspects. Everything from, is a safety officer able to identify the safety hazards at a job site using, you know, visual analytics? Or is it around how do I bid for new locations to build, say, a new block of HDB flats? You know, if this is the land and this is the shape, I can now use generative AI tools combined with architectural best practices to say, yep, these are the requirements from the city for setbacks or like rainwater flow, as well as how to maximize retail space and units per square foot or per square meter by using things like Gen AI. So there's so many things like that that can really be accelerated for it. All right. Thank you so much for sharing that. We've been speaking with Caroline Yup, Managing Director, Global AI Business and Applied Engineering for Google Cloud. Caroline, thank you for your time today. Thank you so much for having me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at audio.sg or download the audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O, audio at the App Store and Google Play.